Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Oh, so you believe in psychics, do you, Gavin? Well, uh, I don't know. I happen to have a little bit of the sight. Let me see what's in these Earl Grey leaves here. Hmm. I see unemployment in your future if you don't stop dicking around and get these promos cut. Ass. The following podcast contains... Ooh, all that foul language. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you just gave your credit card number to someone claiming to be a psychic on the phone without asking why they didn't already know it, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 324, Miss Cleo Hung Up On Me edition of the show, where we talk about everyone's favorite psychic reader, Cleo Millie paris Uri. Stay tuned. What the hell are you thinking podcast is brought to you by Fast Eddie, psychic readers, past, present, future, all known to Fast Eddie. If you need advice on love, life, finances, call 1-800-722-9937. That's 1-800-SCAMMER to be connected with one of our live psychics who will contact their spirit guides to better guide you toward a better tomorrow or understand your yesterdays. Of course, once we process your credit card. No question too big, no phone call too long for our psychic mediums. So call Fast Eddie Psychic Readers and have your card ready and get your questions answers. It's 800-722-9937 or 800-SCAMMER. $3.99 for the first minute, 99 cents additional minute, and for entertainment purposes only. You have questions. I have the answers. Who asked you to go out of town? The stupid young one or the married one? The married one. That's what we thought. Don't go, you hear me? If you want him to believe that it's over, then you gotta stop accepting the booty calls at 2 a.m. in the morning. You understand? Yeah. Could you tell me what type of direction is my life headed into? Last four nights, your feelings have been hurt, so you've been up all night. Yes. You haven't been, and this is around a relationship. Talk about it. Uh, Okay, don't make me take you to church, young man. The ex is much better than the present one, you know. Did you think that you were pregnant a couple of months back? Yes. You were, but you lost it, correct? Yeah. The secret that you were holding back. You already hit it. It was about the baby. (laughs) Michael, you really got yourself into trouble on that one, brethren. I got back up this time. This person is that's around you right now has been in jail before. Yeah, you're right. You're telling the honest truth. Right. You know, people have been criticized and jabbed at and talked about throughout the ages for having different beliefs. And apparently I am no exception. Although it is a constant challenge. I will continue. I will not allow them to stop me. I will teach as a shaman and help those who seek the knowledge. When I was back in my 20s, I had this girlfriend who claimed to be a witch. Did she now? She did. And not the sky-clad in the woods humming over crystals and burning sage kind of witch, but the kind of witch that cast real spells and shit like that. 
Now, I got to admit, I don't believe in witchcraft. I didn't believe in her witchcraft, but I very much believed in her booty, if you know what I mean. Yeah, we all know what you mean. And I think she kind of knew that I didn't really believe in her powers because she told me that she cast a curse on me and that I would soon experience much fear and consternation, which was total nonsense until a Zippo lighter I was carrying around leaked lighter fluid all over my mad tackle and caused this huge red bump to rise on it, which did cause me fear and consternation. But I'm nothing if not a logical human being, and I knew that it was the lighter fluid that caused the problem. Not some mystical spell cast by a girl who thought gothic was a language and not an architectural style. You know, right before we broke up, she told me that she'd done a tarot reading on my future. See your future. Be your future. And I rolled my eyes and I asked, oh, what do the cards tell her about my future? And then she replied in this deep sepulchral voice, I see you living in a great city, surrounded by wealth and power at every turn. You will mingle among the best and brightest, who will gain great fortunes through their efforts. And I was like, really? Tell me more. But you will know none of it. You will live in a box and speak to shadows that will never speak in return to you. Your servants will despise you because they are you, and you will claim the stories of others as your own, as you strive to be heard by millions, only to be heard by yourself. <laughs> Which I admit, sounds scary as hell, but come on. She couldn't have got that by looking at some cards and fucking podcasts weren't invented for at least another 10 years after she said that. What a joke. And speaking of jokes, that brings me to this week's show topic following up on last week's, the life and times of Yuri Del Harris. Who the hell is that? Well, you probably know her by a different name and by a different accent. You probably know her as a Jamaican woman on television promising to uh, see your future if you call her now. You know her as Miss Cleo from the Psychic Readers Network. Now, before there could be a Psychic Readers Network, there had to be a Psychic Friends Network. And it's a paid commercial presentation of Inflammation Incorporated. Today, you'll find out what Dionne Warwick has to say about the Psychic Friends Network. I think that anyone watching this show can benefit from speaking to a psychic. Meet Psychic to the Stars, Linda Georgian. Hear what one of our psychics had to say about daytime TV's hottest couple. Is this going to be the end of our relationship? I mean, is this going to ultimately destroy our... I asked her that. You asked her that? Yeah. Meet other soap opera stars who called the Psychic Friends Network. Psychic Friends Network married two great American institutions, the Ripoff 900 number and the Ripoff infomercial with soap opera stars and gave birth to a demon child of mid-afternoon and late-night commercials that preyed on the kind of people who watch television in the middle of the day and late at night, i.e. women stuck at home with their shitty kids and her husband who stayed up late at night drinking to avoid spending time with his wife and shitty kids. I love America. Dionne Warwick, yes. That Dion Warwick, things got rough for Auntie D in the late 90s. They must have. 
Dion would sit on a couch with a psychic named Linda Georgian, who in her 2012 obit was described as an internationally renowned teacher, author, broadcaster, public speaker, and intuitive. What does that even mean? And purported to answer the questions of callers to the Psychic Friends Network, even though they were previously recorded actors. Should you be dumb enough to call the number that flashed on the screen during the infomercial, you would be shunted to one of the friends, meaning some poor person in Pomona who would try to keep you on the phone for about six hours. According to Wikipedia, the parent company of PFN Information took over $100 million in during the first few years of the network's run before the inevitable bankruptcy in 1998. No futures were told, and many, many people were bilked out of millions of dollars, but at least we got this. It's time for Christopher Walken's Celebrity Psychic Friends Network. Hello, I'm Christopher Walken. <laughs> and welcome to Christopher Walken's Celebrity Psychic Friends Network. Right around the time Auntie D's Psychic Friends Network was folding, a new psychic network was beginning to run ads everywhere. The Psychic Readers Network was just the Friends Network with a slightly altered plan. They offered you a free reading, but before you could get that free reading, you gave them your credit card number, you know. Just in case. Then you would go into a queue waiting for your reader to pick up, all the while you were charged as though your reading was in progress. Not that they told you that, of course. Your psychic reader would then conduct your reading, employing every trick in the book to keep you on the phone as long as possible, which was how everyone but you made money. The scam wasn't new, or even interesting, but the spokesperson was Yuri Del Harris, or Re Paris, or Yuri Cleomil, or Yuri Paris, or Ray Del Harris, or Cleomili Paris Yuri, or Cleomili Harris. You know, you can really tell the legitimacy of a person by how many aliases she has. It is known. It is known. Was not Jamaican. What? 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 No. In 1962, into, according to her, a Caribbean family. Now, according to Harris in a 2012 article on Vice.com, that high-end boarding school was where she learned her craft. Quote, I come from a family of spooky people. I don't know how else to say it. I come from a family of Obeya, which is another word for voodoo. My teacher was Haitian, a mambo from Port-au-Prince, and I studied under her some 30 years and then became a mambo myself. Ladies and gentlemen, this is mambo number five. I know I should apologize for that. It's just that I'm not sorry in the least. Continuing from Vice. So they referred to me as a psychic. 
because the word voodoo scares just about everybody. So they told me, no, 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 we can't use that word. We're going to call you a psychic. I said, but I'm not psychic, unquote. But the truth to be told is it's hard to find, much less confirm anything about Harris prior to her appearance as Miss Cleo on the commercials. The Seattle Post-Intelligencer dug up the most on her in 2002 in an expose that tells us how Miss Cleo became Miss Cleo. Quote, Before Miss Cleo became the slick star of the Psychic Readers Network, she was a playwright who debuted a likely prototype for her island shaman persona here in 1996. Back then, she was known as Ree Paris, and had written a play called For Women Only. In it, Paris played a Jamaican woman named Cleo. Along with For Women Only, Paris produced and performed in two other plays in Seattle with the Langston Hughes Cultural Arts Center in 1997. But then, Miss Cleo left town with a trail of debts and broken promises. Paris was hired by the Langston Hughes Nonprofit Advisory Council and provided with the budget with which to pay the cast and crew of her plays, but only some of them were even partially paid, according to two cast members and two Langston Hughes Center employees. She made separate arrangements with her performers and cast and crew and apparently did not pay them. Paris also inappropriately charged various supplies and services to the advisory council, he said. Efforts to recover the relatively small amount of money, no more than a few thousand dollars, according to the center, were not deemed worth the trouble, unquote. Yeah, Miss Cleo built a small nonprofit community theater for a couple of thousand bucks, stiffed the actors in the, who performed in the plays she did, and tried to sell them a book she had written called Keeping It Real, A Practical Guide for Spiritual Living. She spun wild tales about attending the University of Southern California as an arts major. She didn't. And claimed that she was in constant pain from sickle cell anemia or maybe bone cancer. She wasn't. And it was her medical bills that were keeping her from paying the performers. But don't worry, she would get them the money soon. She never did. Indeed, she would disappear in the middle of the night, never to be seen again in Seattle until she showed up in Miss Cleo, a character they had watched her craft on stage in Seattle. Harris, glossing over all of that, claims that she became Miss Cleo by answering an ad seeking telephone operators in Florida and found herself auditioning for a TV commercial playing for playing a character that was already named Cleo. She claimed that she was paid around 1700 bucks for the commercial and then was set up with a phone line and was paid a set amount for call and that was the limit of her involvement in the company that ran Psychic Readers. She was paid for her commercials but had zero involvement with the parent company of PRN. Yeah, I'm supposed to believe that. Yeah, but a lot of you were willing to believe that some phone psychic could tell you their future, so I don't know. This is probably a good time to go into how exactly being a phone fortune teller works. My bullshit. Correct, but you had to bullshit in just the right way to extract the most money from each individual call. The people that you talk to on the phone that are claiming to be psychics just answered a newspaper ad to be phone operators. And once they did and were accepted, and they were almost always accepted, the parent company would have a new phone line added to their house. Again, this was after that service got dirt cheap. And that phone line was just for your readings. You set your own hours and were paid a percentage of every call you took. It sounds like easy money. And for some people it was. But for most people, it was sad, depressing, and sometimes painful. 
In 2016, the New York Times ran a story from a former psychic reader network operator who worked for the network for a few months in 2001, and this is how they characterized their experience. Quote, Since I was not actually a psychic, the Psychic Readers Network provided me with a minimal script to read and a computer program that simulated a tarot deck spread. I used neither. It worked better to make it up as I went along. Often I slipped into one of a few personas I had invented to make myself feel more authentically magical. Sometimes I was Cassandra, a husky southern bell hoop, called everyone honey child. Other times I was Gabriel, a fey mystic with an accent that I imagined sounded Frenchish. People seemed to like Cassandra best, but I could never keep up her for more than a, a call or two. She made my throat sore, and I expected callers to see through my act, but mostly they dialed in, ready to believe. Anyway, it turned out I wasn't such a bad psychic. Two years as a sub-mediocre liberal arts major had made me an expert at fraud. The key was to just toss out a bunch of free associations and hope that one of them hit. Our customers were desperate and sad. They were being evicted. They were about to lose custody of their children. They were lonely enough to pay by the minute to chat with a stranger. The fact that the stranger was me began to seem cruel, unquote. And that is the secret of being a telephone psychic. Mumbo jumbo, vague affirmations, generic statements mixed with a veneer of mystical sounding bullshit and you could stretch a call into 30 minutes to an hour if you were at all comfortable with defrauding the customer. For your effort, you would earn around 20 cents for every dollar made on the call and the remainder went to the network. That doesn't seem fair. Life rarely is, but the work was flexible. You could do it in your underwear, and as long as you didn't think about what you were doing, it was easy money. And it wasn't as dirty as working in phone sex, but if you think about it, you kind of were working in phone sex since you were definitely fucking the customer. In 2002, the wheels finally came off for the Psychic Friends Network. The Federal Trade Commission launched an investigation into the company for a variety of allegations. Did not see that coming. Including, according to their press release at the time, quote, deceptively misrepresenting their advertising that a reading will be provided at no cost through their agents, misrepresent the cost of the calls by claiming the consumer's free minutes have not expired, that the consumer had been awarded additional free time, or that the consumer will not be charged while on hold, falsely represent that consumers are legally required to pay for services even though in many instances no such legal obligation exists, and engages in unfair practices by frequently and repeatedly calling consumers, including consumers who had previously indicated that they did not wish to receive such calls, and by failing to provide consumers with a reasonable method to stop such calls, failing to make required cost disclosures in their advertisements, and diluting the disclosures that they do make with contradictory statements and threatening to report adverse information to credit reporting bureaus without first conducting an investigation of billing errors. Unquote. Oh, you naughty, naughty boys. The parent company was hit with an injunction and a lawsuit filed in federal court in Florida where the parent company was located and they would eventually settle out of court for $500 million, pay $5 million in fines, and the Psychic Readers Network was finally shut down. You know who got out of there scot-free? All right, baby cakes, and what question you have to clear today? That's right. No charges were ever filed against Harris. Indeed, 
she would spend the next few years engaged in legal battles against the parent company of the network over her using her Miss Cleo persona in other ventures, like the video game Grand Theft Auto. And she claimed in court documents to be nothing more than an actor playing a role as the public face of the company. And indeed, they defrauded her as well. Again, from Vice, quote, let me tell you, I'm going to quote you the number from the FBI. They were pulling down using my face and talent 24 million a month for two years straight. For the first 30 minute infomercial I did for them, I made $1,700. And for the two and a half days on set, I had a bad contract, but everybody else thought I had more money than God. And my response usually was, well, God's a poor son of a bitch. And still now people believe what they want to believe. So they say, I still have money. I want to know where it's at, unquote. Either way, Miss Cleo sort of dropped out for a little while until in 2006, she popped out of obscurity and came out as a lesbian, telling the advocate, quote, things aren't sagging too badly. I still look pretty decent and I'm faced with the second half of my life. I've been out to two clubs in the area in the last three years and I got mad love. They said, Miss, Miss Cleo, Miss Cleo, we love you. How do I take back my power? I said, take it back by stepping up to the plate. And you know what? This is me. I don't want to hide. Fear only impedes your journey. There is Miss Cleo, and now it's going to be Miss Cleo is gay. And I'm not sure how it's going to look, but as much bad stuff has been said about me up till now, what's another slur, unquote? Okay. We believe you. Harris continued to provide what she called spiritual counseling as a voodoo priestess as Miss Cleo until her death from cancer in 2016. She charged her clients up to $100 an hour for counseling and operated a website, therealmisscleo.com, connecting potential clients with her personal services in her Florida hometown, claiming, quote, she's become a household name simply by sheer force of her psychic gifts, which she honed since she was a little girl in the Caribbean, the company site advertised at the time. Born in the Trelawney section of Jamaica, Miss Cleo says she noticed at a very young age that she had unique talents, unquote. What a bunch of fucking bullshit. It's impossible to say how much Uri Harris had to do with the creation of the Miss Cleo phenomena of the late 90s and how much the parent company of the Psychic Readers Networks paid her to be the public face of the company because the company settled out of court paying fines and forgiving outstanding debts of its callers to the tune of $500 million, so there wasn't actually a discovery process. The state of Florida pressed charges against Harris, but they were dropped when the state attorney general pursuing them lost re-election, and then they were dismissed by the new AG. So the real story of Miss Cleo was lost to us. The truth remains as unknowable as the stars she pretended to read, and the facts of her life as bullshit as the fortune she told. And if I had to guess, I would say she didn't get rich from the deal she cut with PRN and the parent company because underneath it all, Miss Cleo was a small-time con artist who got extremely lucky with a single con and rode that little bit of luck on her con until the day she died. Was she a criminal? Sure. I mean, she was a small-time criminal compared to the parent company, but a criminal nonetheless. Now you're just being mean. Think about it. Psychic Readers Networks was just another scam hotline amongst thousands of others before Harris arrived as the face of the company. People called that phone number because Ms. Cleo told them that they should call me now for your free reading 
knowing full damn well that the people were not calling her. They were calling a woman named Jolene in Topeka who wasn't a psychic and she was just a stay-at-home mom doing a funny voice and spinning bullshits to keep the callers on the phone. And people did call her to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars over the nine years the company was in business and that she did ads for them. The Florida attorney general who filed charges against Harris told Slate Magazine in 2002, quote, she crossed the line for being an ignorant spokesperson. She signs their correspondence. Her name is on every document and her voice is on all phone solicitations. She embodies the company, unquote. Now, look, if she was dumb enough to sell out that on the cheap to the parent company, that's on her. But she was directly responsible for selling a product to millions of sad, depressed, and just plain stupid Americans that was a blatant fraud as a product and then fraudulently practiced on top of that. Make no mistake, it was the scam within the scam that got psychic readers networks in trouble. You see, you can get by when you say that Miss Cleo and her psychic buddies around the country are psychics when you know damn well they're not. By that little disclaimer text underneath Miss Cleo's enthusiastic exhortation to call for their free reading, which neither which was neither free nor reading, and that simply said in very small letters. Opinions and materials given for entertainment purposes only. So Uriah Harris, born in Los Angeles, California, who had probably not ever set foot in Jamaica, who had been performing small-time grifts for years leading up to her big break, knew damn well the cards weren't telling her shit and knowingly lied to every single person who saw her do that fake accent on television. She's no different than Bernie Madoff, the guys who ran Enron, or that shitbag who likes to put his name in gold on everything he pretends he owns. That is, by any definition, a criminal behavior. By any definition, a con artist. She ought to have done time in jail, but you know what? I guess that just wasn't in the cards. Is that it? Is that how it ends? Yeah, this whole thing was a bad joke, so I might as well end with one. That is it for our show this week. You can probably tell I'm not a big fan of Miss Cleo or psychics in general, but that's only because there's no such things as fucking psychics. Anyone who says differently is selling something. Just like people that tell you they have a miracle cure, a hot stock tip, or promise they won't leave you for a basis in a Motley Crue cover band. Sorry, I don't think I've gotten over that yet. Speaking of shitty recreations of shitty content, rate and review the show wherever you get your pods. It helps others find the show, hear it, and realize that my voice is just not high-pitched enough to cover too fast for love. All of my renditions of Shout of the Devil can be found on the social at the Hell underscore podcast on Twitter and the show name on Facebook. If you would like to hear me try to hit the high notes on Home Sweet Home, or better yet, never try to hit the high notes on Home Sweet Home, you can support us by kicking us a dollar at patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast. Get all of our shows ad-free and early, and let me tell you, we're stirring up some stuff. Got some good stuff in the spooktacular this year that we promise will scare the shit out of you and not just me singing Motley Crue. We are a proud member of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network who want you to know that my cover of Smokey to the Boy's Room is not the worst they've ever heard. 
So for me, Dave. I'm looking here at this, at uh, the devil card here, and you've got one fierce temper. Bledsoe, producer. While I know this doesn't make sense, but you know that things always happen for a reason. Don't you agree? Gavin and all the fictional psychic readers on our network. On this show, we want to say, so tell me, Miss Cleo, what does it say in my tarot? Why do lovers come and go? Is she coming around for us once again? And we'll see you all next week. What the hell were you thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings podcast network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com or on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast or on Facebook as what the hell podcast. Thanks for listening. I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.